Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about dealing with critics. Oh, don't you love critics? Yes, and I do. <laughs> I mean, so I think in general, I have really good critics. Like the people that push back on me on my email list are just always so thoughtful and considerate and polite about it uh, that I, I can't, I really can't complain. But, you know, I also have a YouTube channel and like some of the <laughs> some oh. of the comments there are just like. <laughs> well, plus with the email, you know, people, you know who they are. Basically, you have their email address. I think that when we know somebody else knows who we are, we are much more apt to like stay on brand. Like we're going to try to be polite and thoughtful and versus like some YouTube um, run yeah, right, no. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it's it's not performative in email because no one else is seeing it. So it's not like they're signaling anything or trying to make a name for themselves or anything yeah. like that. It's, so maybe that is motive, part of the magic. Yeah. You no, know, so I just say the motive feels clear to me when mm -hmm. it comes that way. You know what I mean? It, it, it might be about them and how they interact with our material, but it's pure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's from the right, it's from the right place versus yeah. like, you know, knee jerk, you know, who knows? It could be like a 14 year old on, on in the YouTube comments, like who knows? <laughs> or like, uh, you know, somebody just up too late, drunk, like, uh, blah, 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 blah. you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah. So it, it's, it's different with email. I think people would just be a little bit, they're a little bit more thoughtful. I, I know at least the people on my list are like super thoughtful. Um, but you, you know, you've got a book on Amazon. Have you ever look at the reviews? You know, it's funny. At first I did. I think I looked at them at the first 20 or so. And then all of a sudden I noticed that instead of five stars, there was four with like three quarters of a fifth star. And I'm uh -huh. like, okay. And I know I should, in quotes, read those. But here's the thing. There was some Hollywood star at one point who said that she doesn't read any reviews because if she reads the good ones, she has to read the bad ones. Hmm. And I think that's true. So yeah, so there are there are reviews I read and there are re reviews I don't. Like just as an example, I had somebody take me on in LinkedIn about the name of my new program. He didn't like that it was just for women and he was being boxed out. In theory, he wasn't interested, but in theory. And he wanted to have this like ethereal conversation about should there be trainings that are just for women or just for any group. And I'm like... I really don't want to have this conversation. I'm not interested in this. And I basically said, you know, listen, I would just agree to disagree. I'm going to go yeah. help some people <laughs> have a nice life. And, you know, I'm not saying he was a bad guy, but I chose not to engage. Um, mm -hmm. But because he, he pulled me by name, I looked at it. But yeah, there's some I just don't, I just don't read them. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess we also have, we have, really nice reviews on the podcast that's that's always great mm -hmm. um, and we you know we do read those from time to time especially in like listener questions and stuff but I, I don't, it's not like on my calendar to like you know or or something that i do every day like read the reviews of the podcast like i i, <laughs> I love that they're there and and yeah. i appreciate it when we, we do read them um, but it's not I just read them last I, week actually yeah I, it's just not something that 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 I even would even come on my radar. Like I barely look at YouTube comments. I basically only look at YouTube comments when I'm waiting for a video to upload. So I'm like, well, I'm here anyway. I might as well look through and see if, you know, there are any good questions or whatever. Uh, but I just don't, there's certain, I guess what I'm saying is there's certain places where I don't care about 
yeah the the criticism or or the feedback i don't even i hesitate to almost call it criticism but um but but people pushing back or disagreeing any kind of like you know any kind of anything other than great video or great email <laughs> right. like stuff where it's like you know uh, you know you could i think you're off base here or you could try harder with this or how come you haven't talked about that um and on the list like i i, I sent a real a, a real humdinger the other day uh real zen zen one about you know if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to want it does it have any value and i got a bunch of people who are like of course it has value and i'm like and I'm like, on the one hand, it's the whole point of something like that is just to make people think about like how how could it not have value or like the you know the original if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it does it make a sound and of course you're like well yeah it makes a sound but the idea is that it's to make you think about the nature of the word sound and in fact it doesn't make a sound because a sound is a thing that exists in a human brain if there's no human brain around there was no sound there was air vibrations but no sound and with the, the same it's the same with value it only exists inside of a human brain and so there's there is no value is it i don't know is it good for the critters in the area perhaps it is but that's not the, <laughs> that's not but so like so people got into that with me on the list in a real you know sort of a polite way it's like you know, of course, all living things have value or, you know, like not kind of ignoring the point, not missing the point. I think they got the point, but they're but but insisting on having this conversation around like, you know, all all things, including rocks, have consciousness and read this article about it. And um, and I'm like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> like this is interesting and fascinating. And, you know, what if what if the blue I see is in the blue you see? It's like I, it's just not not going there like you said it's like i'm not yeah it's like look not interested in that (laughs) yeah it's just not where i'm that's sort of interesting but i have only so many hours in the day to 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 do stuff and uh and and maybe there's some scientific evidence that rocks have a consciousness that's fine and in that case i'll i'll stand corrected um but yeah there's just certain things i don't know if i mean but i get i get stuff like that it's like I'm trying to think of another example. That's that was the most recent one. A, a number of people <laughs> wrote in with that. The, the forest has a, a mind. Um, so cool. If it does, then I'm still right because value only exists in a mind. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting though because you know that's your topic, right? Is is value and mm-hmm. pricing, and so to get people to engage on all different levels. I mean, it, what would be curious is if you had some people engage who really hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Because they like to think philosophically, just as an example. So oh, it's, yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah, because it's like you, we hit people in different ways. And sometimes the ones who, you know, they love you because you're very precise and exact. And then they get this thing. And they're like, oh, I'm going to engage with him on that because <laughs> that I can talk about. Right. It's something that they, they feel like it, it's a level that they like to operate on, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I can get trippy, too, but I just was like. I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. That's not the problem with it was it wasn't going to go anywhere. We we're going to we were going to continue to not agree. Um, but other you know other times people have have written in. Um, I mean, what's a I mean there a few times when I've used words that kind of are insensitive. You know, words you know that that everybody mm-hmm. used in the eighties when I was in junior high, but now are not <laughs> cool. <laughs> and and I th- I think in every case. Well, so here's here's what happens. Here's what, and here's what I think is important about 
potentially useful in this episode is that um, when someone pushes back, there's a there's a um, when someone pushes back, it tri- even even in me who maybe you think I'd be used to it after you know whatever six years of everyday email, um, it triggers a, a a more powerful reaction than when someone writes in and says that was great. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's yeah. a more powerful impulse, and it's um and it if it hits you in the wrong time or if the tone of the email is too brusque or or blunt. Uh, it can be really tempting to to hot take and fire off an angry email in response, and I've I've certainly learned that that's always a bad idea. Oh yeah, totally <laughs> <Always>. bad idea. <laughs> always deep breath, but, walk away from the keyboard, yeah, close the email, come back to it tomorrow. Yeah, um, it, I've even even I've had times where you know in, in Gmail it shows you like a little bit of a preview of what the message is. Uh, after the subject line so it'll be like the person's name mm-hmm. the subject and then like a preview of the first sentence and there'll be times when I see that preview and I think it's someone yelling at me <clears throat> and I open the email and if I and without really thoroughly reading it imagine composing it like, blah, 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 blah. I'm gonna blah, tell this <laughs> you know <laughs> and then I actually read the email and it's not what I thought so how embarrassing would that be? You know, so you really, yeah. so, so never mind like giving yourself a second to like, like process. It's like actually read the thing first. Make sure you understand it. Make sure you didn't, this is me talking to myself. I, I try to make sure I, I really read it, really think about it, uh, give them the benefit that maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe this is one off. Uh, but I, especially, it's almost like the more, the more, emotionally charged I am when I receive it, the longer I'm going to wait to reply. Yes. Yes. And inverse relationship. Yeah. And I've even had people and I'll wait and I've even had people the next day email and be like, I don't know what I was thinking. Sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) I was in a bad mood or I misread your email is, you know, I've had people like, like, uh, unprompted kind of like retract (laughs) the criticism or the, the anger or whatever. It, see, isn't that interesting? Because then I'm picturing that person, like they sent it off and then they slept on it. And mm-hmm. they knew even as they were sending it, maybe they went a little too far. Maybe they didn't at all, but maybe that's their perception about it. And then they didn't sleep or they, mm-hmm. they did sleep and they woke up and went, oh, crap. I shouldn't oh, crap. have sent that to Jonathan. Yeah. I need to send him something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely that doesn't happen hardly ever, but it has happened. So anyway, just to support the notion of like waiting when you get criticism that really gets under your skin it's like just go away go take a walk forget about it do real work and then the next day or whatever you know sleep on it when you're fresh because that's the other thing is i have a tendency to check email rarely and and like late in the day or late at night when i'm just like yes it's the worst possible time to yeah to come up with a cogent reply to criticism well, plus it's for me, that's a bad time to read emails because I try to shut it off somewhere between seven and nine and and like I'll get ready to go to bed and I'm like, no, and the part of me wants to open it up and see, no, don't do it. I mean, yeah. it could be something great then where you float off to sleep on something <laughs> wonderful or it could be something sucky that I'm then going to think about you know, as I half sleep for the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a bad thing to do for sure. It is the... 
it's like usually after dinner, do Wordle. Now I've been off Twitter for like a month. So then it, it becomes like Slack and email become my social media. Uh, so yeah, but it's, it's definitely like late at night, big mistake. Yeah. But yeah. I, it's, it's easy to say, right. It's just like, oh, well, you know, when you get criticism, it's like really, really breathe, like listen to it. Like that sometimes, I, I mean, more than sometimes, usually when somebody on my list sends me one of these sort of polite pushback kinds of things, they're usually right. Like I'm usually like, yeah, yeah you really have a point. Yeah. I've found that to be true too. It's I, I don't get that many, but when I do, it's really thoughtful. And they're so polite. Like, so I read this, but I'm wondering, did you really mean this? And like, what about this situation? And I love those because people see things when when we write or talk on a podcast or a video that maybe we didn't intend or we didn't realize we said it a certain way or we could have said it so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love getting those. Yeah, it's... That's stuff like that that makes you better. You know, it, it's, it deepens the nuance of the idea. It improves your ability to communicate it in a way that's not going to distract people by uh, using a term or a, a, an attitude or something that, that blinds them to the actual message. Like, you don't want to do that. That's just counterintuitive. Right. Yeah, so it's but it's there's really there's a flip side too though. I was just thinking about a guy on Twitter who followed me. So when people follow me, I look and see do I want to follow them back. And so I looked at him, and he seemed like a professional, kind of in our worldview. Um, but he also looked like a critic, like he wasn't producing anything, but he had plenty to say. And he was mm-hmm. upfront about it. So I'm like, in my head, and say this out loud to the, or in writing to the person, I said, all right, I'll give you one chance. I will follow you. And then two or three weeks, I posted something and he he said something like, oh, great. Yeah, we should all have our own website. Oh, big, you know, like news at 11 kind of a comment. And I thought, you know what? You don't, I was taking the Brene Brown, you don't get to criticize me when you're not producing anything. You want to produce something, you can be critical. But otherwise, no. So I unfollowed, you know, Mm -hmm. and I blocked. And I was just, and again, that's for my mental health because I don't need somebody who's just going to go around trolling. And I thought he might be like that, but he looked interesting. Like he had a way of, you know, this sort of gnarly way of writing. I thought he might be interesting to see what he does. No, he wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. It's like in in right like the difference in tone in general between like a private email and and Twitter overall or other social media, especially Twitter. But mm. um, I guess I haven't been on Facebook in a long time. I guess it's getting real real bad there too. But t- Twitter is just like you know an outrage festival. So it, it's, yeah, it's the first thing you think of when you get bad customer service. Like I'm going to go to Twitter and I'll show them. <laughs> you know, right, exactly. Complain about. Complain about this, you know, giant company on Twitter. Um, so, but but the mental health thing, right? It's like, uh, like if you were if you or I, if I was getting just every time I sent an email, I got like a hundred people picking it apart. Then I, I wouldn't. No matter how thoughtful it was, it would be like I wouldn't be able to process it. I don't mean like mentally. I just mean it'd be too much email. Right. You know, it's enough to deal with like email where people are like, oh, I got to print this one out and hang it up. And, and you know, it, and, and those all make you feel good. It's still a lot to deal with. So if you had to like, because it's a lot of extra energy to say like, okay, let me have an open mind here. 
like I, I know what I mean. Uh, maybe this person has a point, maybe, or maybe they're, I just did a bad job communicating it, but I want to figure out whether, where the disconnect is. But if I was getting a hundred of those every day, it'd be like, okay, I, I just can't, I can't do that. Like there wouldn't be enough time in the day. I mean, I, I would, it would be tempting to, but at a certain point, the volume would just be overwhelming. Well, I mean, take somebody from, you know, Hollywood, you know, somebody who's got a really active Twitter account and there are people, there are trolls everywhere. And if you are especially a woman in Hollywood and a young woman, especially, they're commenting on what you're wearing, whether you, the new color in your hair is right. Did you part it a different way? How are you doing this? Like, I, I have to give credit to those public figures and, and, and political figures as well, because they're taking all kinds of flack. I, I don't know if I could get up every morning. Mm. If I had a group of people commenting on how I didn't look as good as I did yesterday, or man, you look 10 years older, man, you're washed up, you're done. You know, those of us in the expertise space, we're pretty lucky in a way, because we tend not to get judged by those things. We tend to get judged by the quality of our output and the quality of our engagement with the people that we're serving. So, you know, I still like to think we have the better deal in all of this. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, even if, even, even in, in this space, I guess it's, well, I was going to say like Tim Ferriss, you know, like, you know, he's an author. Uh, I don't know what you would say. He, uh, I guess podcasters is his main thing now, but he's kind of like, he's got a little thought leader thing going. Um, and yeah, I guess he's primarily an author, right? Author and a podcaster. Author, and, like, podcaster. Has, yeah. He's got something like, like 1.5 million people on his email list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine the replies? No. <laughs> you know? But it says yeah. right in the emails, it's like, look, because of volume, I can't. I do not even read the replies. So, you know, do yourself, if you save some time and don't bother. It's like, you know, at a certain point. But, okay, but here's here's an interesting question. Like, when you get like that, how do you not end up in a an emperor has no clothes type of situation yes. where you're just getting echo chamber like accolades and fans saying back to you the things that they know you already agree with like where do you get your canary in the coal mine when you actually are wrong or you actually have a too shallow of an understanding of something that's much deeper is that something that you know you're sort of your your inner circle you count on them for like do you have yeah mastermind Yeah, I think it's a couple things. First of all, if I were Tim Ferriss, I would have like the grumpiest assistant ever. (laughs) And I would have that person read all those comments and catalog them in some way. Like I would want like almost like a dashboard, like with a color on it for the comments. So we, we did episode in, you know, this week and it's green, meaning people were going crazy over it. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, orange means, yeah, we got people really fired up. You know, I would want some kind of a system and I wouldn't want to read them myself, mm-hmm. but I would want somebody to sort of like give me a, a bird's eye view of what that was. And then I would make sure in my um, my rat pack that I had somebody, at least one person, who was really, really solid, who will tell me when I'm doing something stupid. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, like, Jonathan, I know I can count on you to tell me if I come up with something that on its surface sounds like a terrible idea. You will tell me. 
You will absolutely tell me. And I think everybody needs at least one and probably a couple people like that. Not too many. I don't mean like you, Jonathan, because you do the other side as well. But I'm talking about you need people who are going to lift you up, but you also need people who will tell you when you're doing something that sucks. Mm. Yeah. And like those people are solid gold because when when they tell you it's good, you know they're serious. Yes. Right? Because you know they yeah. would tell you if it wasn't or if they even if not even good or bad, but it's like, I mean, I, I uh, you know, even just like, hey, could you check out this sales page and, and just be like, I, I don't get it. Like, it's not there yet. It's not done yet. You know, and, and it's like, mm-hmm. OK, like it's not like that's that's great. I mean, that's like amazing. You know, it's it's much better to find out from someone you trust, someone's opinion you trust versus someone who's, you know, uh, like like putting it out there and just being like, how come no one's buying this? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. well, that, that brings up an that, interesting yes. point, which is like, who do you trust for what? You know, because like I don't trust my father to recommend movies to me because <laughs> we have different <laughs> taste in movies, but I trust him on lots of other things. You know, or or like, you know, you might have experts who, like I have one particular guy who, whenever I have a really delicate, you know, speaking of criticism, when I have a really delicate reply to send or something that's really, it needs like higher emotional intelligence than I actually have, you know, it feels like it's called for. (laughs) I have one particular guy, he's my go-to guy. I'm like, could you just read this email before I send it? Mm -hmm. Because he's a master. He's just amazing at that. Right. So, and you know, but... You know, are, do, are we into the same comedy? Doubtful. You know, when I, t- when I take recommendations from like, you know, what to watch on Netflix, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so it's like yeah. you kind of have to consider the messenger. So like when someone on my list pushes back, I'm like, you're you. This is totally valid because it was for you. So, right. f- you know, so for you to not get it or disagree with it or be pointing out something that a blind spot for me, totally valid because it was for you. But if you have someone like your critic on on Twitter, it wasn't for him, you know. Like right. the the if it's not news to him, if like your suggestion or the, or the the blog post is not news to him, then fine, it it's not for you. Like move along. Like why even make a comment? Well, I think there's a. I guess I'm going to call it radar. There is this thing I think that we need to develop over time with the people we allow to give us feedback, and you get. I don't know, for me, this is really natural. It's just like a feeling thing where I can feel like if they're coming for me or at me. And, you know, and so like I take critical feedback really, really well from the people that I know are for me. Like I had like my very first mentor in consulting. Oh my God, I love that man so much. Mm. He was so difficult. Everybody told me nobody can work for him. He's impossible. I revered that man like a <laughs> god. Like if he would say that's the wrong thing and he would hand me back, like we, you know, would handwrite things or we'd like mark up typed copies of things and he, I would get it back and it would be full of red marks. Hmm. I loved it because it meant I was going to be like him when it was done. You know, <laughs> I could have only done that when I was really young. If I did that now, he'd, I'd, he'd drive me insane. But when he would say something good, I hmm. would walk on air. Right. An absolute error. And I would have done anything for him because yeah. that's how much I respected his wisdom and this stuff. So, I mean, mm. I think and then the flip side is I'm thinking of somebody who was getting started in their in their career post uh, master's degree and they 
interviewed a bunch of friends of their dad and they were getting he, he was getting all this different advice and i remember he came to me and he's like okay so this is what i this is i'm getting this conflicting advice i said okay so tell me who gave you which advi- which piece of advice and i knew some of the people i didn't know all of them but some of the advice was from people who wanted him to do what they had done mm-hmm. right they weren't mm-hmm. listening to what he wanted. And so I was pointing that out to him and said, listen, I don't have the magic answer, but what you want to do is in order to really understand the feedback you're getting, you have to understand where the person's coming from. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, I love that idea of like, they're, they're, you know, coming at you versus, you know, they're to help you, like they're for you. Mm-hmm. And the like your, your mentor, you knew that it was not intended to break you down it was to build you up like you knew that yeah yeah right so that's that's the thing it's like that trust that there's two things there i think that first you want to believe or me i want to believe that the person is qualified to give the advice in the first place and also that they are you know that their intention is is not to is more about me than them it's not about them proving they're right or them or them you know, reliving their or, or fixing their past mistakes vicariously through me, or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, it's not it's not about them. It's they're there to help you, and they're like almost egoless in the situation. You know, like like kind of like no skin in the game. Really, it's like hey, you know, if it were me, this yeah. is what I would do. But when yeah. you get people like that, I mean, line them up and keep them in your corner. I yes. mean, it's so valuable to have somebody tell you when when you're doing something that they perceive differently than you do. Again, it doesn't always mean they're right, but mm-hmm. hearing somebody else's perception, sometimes it echoes something that we're already thinking. Yeah, it resonates. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. I get that. Uh-huh. Right. And it, and sometimes it hurts like, ouch. Oh, <laughs> I, have, I have this friend. She's so great at telling me direct things. And I was asking her opinion on something in email. And I said, listen, give it to me both barrels <laughs> you know your style using her name give it to me and she wrote mm-hmm. back and she did right between the eyes i'm like yes thank you like <laughs> i love that i know yeah. somebody else might you know go crying but you know she and she's not mean she's just direct and i mm. love that about her it's one of my favorite things about her so yeah it's like find some friends like that and you know and when i say cultivate cultivate them I mean it in the most positive way you know you give back to you help them um, you know really build a a friendship or a relationship where you can be valuable to each other mm-hmm. yeah I've got I, I have a few people as you were talking about that I was thinking like I can remember I used to be on a um, podcast kind of like panel show so there was this rotating cast of characters that would show up every week and you know we you know like this we'd like have a topic and then we'd sort of go through it and everybody give their perspective and there was a lot of agreement because most you know fairly similar in many ways but there's there was one person on the show who who almost always had like a different way of looking at it than i did and real Mm -hmm. smart not wrong but i I was and i've always like he's in you know i know a few people like that where i have a couple people on my list who respond to lots of emails with um uh, either a more like a joke, you know, like just ha, ah, like like tweaking my nose in a funny way or whatever. But I know they're paying attention, and they're the, like, and and the guy from the podcast, I, I'm like, man, if I ever had, if I was ever gonna put together like like just a, a personal mastermind, I get people like that, people who I know are smart and get it, but 
absolutely do not see the world I see. You know, like Bill out, they, they're like, our is fine or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is. And like that to kind of like prevent the echo chamber kind of thing. Echo chamber thing scares me. It's like, um, you know, you get high in your own supply kind of thing where it's like it turns you don't you don't want to turn into like a cult. You know, you want you want it to be like validated. Is that the word I'm looking for? Just like you want it to be stuff that actually works, not stuff that just sounds good. Like, oh, in yeah. theory, this should work. It just you yeah. don't want to turn ivory tower. I don't want to turn ivory tower theoretical. So having people around that that are smart and have a just a completely to just, just disagree is like super useful. I find it incredibly helpful. Well, I think it's also getting harder and harder to not get in a bubble just because, you know, the conversations in social media are so uh, polarizing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if you believe this, I'm going to unfollow you and never speak to you again. Or I'm going to, you know, you can't be in my group if you believe X. So it's, you know, it's challenging. And so we do tend to gravitate to an echo chamber because it's easier and it feels good. And I think what we're both saying is we have to find a way to make sure that all those attaboys, girls are balanced with people who will tell you when something doesn't doesn't sit right. Mm. Yeah, and invite it, cultivate it. Like, yeah. like have those people. So it's not even about avoiding criticism or like handling it better. And it's like, sometimes you have to ask for it, like your double barreled friend. Cause you know, sometimes people are, they don't want to tell your baby's ugly. So mm-hmm. you, sometimes you might have to be like, uh, like when I'll do, uh, I do these website teardowns inside of Ditcherville. And I, I say every time, I'm just going to react to this and I'm just going to like say what is in my head. Like I'm going to react mm-hmm. to it like someone right. reading it. Right. So if I say anything harsh or sarcastic or something like just I'll try not to, but just don't take it personally. Uh, I'm just I'm just I want to see this clean. Like I, I don't want to think about it. I just want to react to it uh, the way that a, that a, a visitor would and then like mm-hmm. give you that and then make suggestions about what I would do to change anything that that maybe has opportunities for improvement. Um, <laughs> but when I but then I do the same thing for myself, like I've got a, a sales page I'm working on right now and when I, I'm going to share it with a few people and and I'm going to say, just like you, I'm like, just shred this. This is, this is not me. You know, I'm not like, right. you're not criticizing me. If you think, I know this isn't great. I know this could be better. I want to uh, just shred it, tear this to shreds. And, uh, and it's, and every time I do that, it's so great. Like the feedback you get is so great. As long as yeah. you put it in front of people who you trust to like have, an informed opinion about the thing that you're asking for the criticism on. Did you notice that it tends to bring you closer together when they give you criticism? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a right. funny thing when you think about it. You would think that, oh, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm going to like them less because they're critiquing <laughs> me. And it's the opposite because they're engaged in helping you. You're both engaged and it actually deepens the relationship. Yeah. If you weren't someone who's not that close to you or not invested in your success is would never put themselves out there like that. Right. It would be rare to find someone who just, I mean, just a general gadfly, I suppose, uh, would do that. But most people want to say, like, you know, good job. No, it looks great. You know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> looks like, good to me. Oh, great. Good Thanks luck. so much. Thanks. Yeah, good luck. Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> looks great. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, we're calling this dealing with critics. And I feel like we're getting to this stage where it's like, well, you, you definitely 
need some. Like you definitely are going to yeah. want to, uh, like you said, keep, keep them near and dear. Invite the criticism, almost almost like demand that they shred your thing, whatever your thing is, because that'll just make it better. Well, let's let's maybe um, think about it this way too. Is maybe if you're not getting anything critical, you're not writing or speaking, podcasting, video chatting, whatever. You're not you're not creating enough mm. provocation. And I don't mean that to say you know you should go and like yell and call people stupid. But I mean in terms of your ideas, if you're just saying what everybody else is saying and you're not taking any risks. With your content, you're not going to get any critics, which means you're not going to get better. Mm, that's a really good point, right? Like it's a it's a good sign. Like critics are a good sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're pushing you're pushing on something mm-hmm. that has emotion behind it, and we all know, you know, what sells emotion. You want mm. people to feel something. Yeah, you touched a nerve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's why we get kind of excited. I think when we write a, a an email and it gets a lot of um, you know, one-to-one reaction, you're like, whoa, what mm-hmm. was that about? And it's, mm-hmm. but it's exciting because you feel like, oh, so I want to, I want to pull that thread a little bit more. What else can I say about this? What do I, else yeah. do I think about this? Like, how could I push this out in a way that I'm not really sure that I'm right, but I'd like to see what people say? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say like any reply is a good reply. So like, like if you get a, a bunch of replies, you, I, you could imagine someone thinking like, oh, you know, um, if I had more people on my mailing list, I'd get more replies and them imagining they'd all be like glowing five star reviews, <laughs> great email, wonderful. And it's like, it's like, oh, that's good. I mean, you're getting some engagement. People wouldn't have replied at all or spent even the time to type up a short response if you didn't touch some kind of a nerve. So that is a mm-hmm. good sign. But you're right. I think the if people take the time to put together a thoughtful and perhaps polite pushback or you know have you looked at have you thought about it like this or what did you mean those are still solid gold like it's it's a great sign of engagement because someone actually cared enough to put themselves out there perhaps you you know with some sense that they might be risking offending you which nobody wants to do and and yeah so i think you know any reply is a good reply and if the um and and hopefully like the the replies that are a little Harley out there. <laughs> I was like, hey, do you have a helicopter over your house? <laughs> Lead pipes save lives, people. Um, <laughs> but you know, hopefully the the I, I feel like it always happens. It's like all, almost all, I have to say almost always when I get uh, some kind of air quote. I keep air quoting critical, just like pushback or or feedback that's other than five star reviews. It's like always good. It's always useful. It always makes me think more deeply. Occasionally, like I said before, I'll be like, and eh, I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole. It's not it's not the rabbit hole for me. Um, we can agree to disagree. But that that's mm-hmm. fairly rare. Even that is fairly rare. And yeah, it was one of the things it's one of the things I love about mailing lists is that it doesn't have this, you know, the, the, the replies automatically presumed to be private. I love that. Yes. Yes. Because it can get real intimate. It's not like a public comment on social media where the motivations can be all over the road there could be a million reasons why other than them wanting to improve your output well you also said you know the person you know in responding to your emails um maybe doesn't want to hurt your feelings and i think that's important i I actually do in terms of 
their mindset when you're having this interaction mm-hmm. because sometimes it's they're kind of going oh gee can I ask the authority can I push back on the authority on this what about mm-hmm. this and they they do it actually way more humbly and carefully than they would in any other format and so when you then respond the first thing you're doing is you're giving them legitimacy right you're saying I heard you or I know, well, I don't know if you're saying I heard you, it depends what you say, but you're, you're acknowledging that you heard something from them and then, and then you're going to have this dialogue. And, you know, as I've said earlier, it brings that person closer to you, but it also is giving you this data and you can decide what to do with it, but data is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's the, the, I guess, I guess really the only tricky piece is the emotional aspect you know, of like, of not having that sort of knee jerk reaction, like I was talking about earlier and, and, and firing off, uh, you know, the thing that they were afraid of, which was that they were going to make you mad right. or upset you. Right. I, I try to always be like, whether I agree, disagree or otherwise, it's like, Hey, thanks for taking the time to let me know, or thanks for, thanks for the message or whatever. Yeah. I genuinely appreciate anybody taking the time to even read the stupid things, never mind reply to some. So... Well- I felt that way. I would still do about the book too. When somebody reads a, like a piece in the book, or they'll quote a piece in the book, and in, in the, it might be social media, and they'll ask a question about it. I mean, I love that. I mean, the fact that somebody's reading it and is taking the time to snap a photo of of the paragraph in question. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's all initiated by somebody else. That's when you know your work is out there impacting people in a positive way. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Do we have anything other, anything else to say about dealing with critics? I don't think I do. Do you have any more? <laughs> <laughs> no, just make sure you have some. I guess that's the... Yeah, have some and and protect yourself in the process. And, and protect yourself is typically not necessary in the email exchanges with people on your list. It's more of a social media thing. As you decide, it's, it doesn't matter what other people think. You decide what you need to do for uh, for you to keep doing what you're doing in public spaces. Perfect. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.